what do you hope to do in the 400? And how do we know that you're swimming a good race? Like, what's your plan with your legs, with the tempo, with your turns, your breathing, your pacing? What's your plan? I have to say that it's classified for now. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no secrets to the rivals. Okay. Yeah. I have to say that information will be classified. That is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Welcome back to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got Luke Paddington and the ultra versatile coming off of the world championships, South African Olympian, NCAA champion and the 500 free Matthew States. Thanks for joining us. How's it going? Yeah. All good. Yeah. Man. Good to see you. So, uh, yeah, coming off of worlds, gosh, I mean, where to start? You've, you've had such an eventful last you know, 12 to 15 months, uh, pretty crazy. Why don't, why don't we just start with, you know, first the reaction to worlds before we get back into, you know, kind of your, your, your history. So what, yeah. what, uh, what, what did you think about how the meet went and, um, you know, kind of just thoughts on the whole experience? Uh, yeah. So for worlds, well, worlds was a tough one. Um, um, yeah, we did Mara Nostrum, uh, for kind of the border yeah. and, not tapered or anything for that and it went pretty well yeah. i did yeah i was on faster or better than all my pbs and i was i was looking pretty good i would say but yeah so then we went to training camp after my nostrum to turkey for a couple of weeks and i felt ill i got like a, a chest infection mm-hmm. and i was just, my body was just wrecked I, I was like laying in bed like just surviving it and so when it finally came towards, I was still cocking a little bit, but I was just, I think I was just so drained. Like after each race felt like I was going to eat my last one. But yeah, but the races, like they weren't bad. I was pretty stoked to make the final for the 200 IM and make the semi-final for the 200 free. Mm-hmm. But I'm still, I'm still pretty, really grateful for that. But yeah, but Fina put on a very, very, very nice event. That's a bummer when you get sick going into a big meet. It feels like uh, that the one story that I always remember is uh, James Magnuson. I think this was going into uh, the Olympics after he had gone 47-0 or 47-1. And um, he got sick like right before a big meet. I maybe get some of the details wrong, but I remember him telling a story that he was out of the water for nine days and then came back and still still lit it up. And um and that always confused me because like any experience that I've had of being out of the water, uh, you know, I mean, it affects everybody differently. Right. And, you know, depends what you're able to do, but, um, were there some things when, when you were out of the water and, and were ill that you, you were trying to do to control the best of the situation? Cause you know, having some illness and then coming back and, and finaling and still performing at a, at a pretty high level on the world stage is, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that could just say, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't go swim at worlds. So, um, good on you for doing that. But was, was there anything that you, like, how did you approach that situation? Um, well, in the back of my head, Commonwealth games has always been the, the main focus. Okay. So we went, it wasn't like a fully tapered for worlds or we weren't striving to be the fastest at world. So it was more kind of, they just go and race. It's not going to be, it's not going to damage me too much for Commonwealth in the next four or five weeks. But it wasn't too much of a big deal in that perspective to, to race or not to race. 
Go yeah, ahead. I thought that's interesting for most most Americans don't realize how important the Commonwealth Games are. I mean, it's it's above Pan Packs, it's above worlds. Uh, based on back home in South Africa, that's what you get recognition for. That's what you get the, the, the medals and the awards for. That's what you grew up wanting to be part of. I guess it's because it's like a games village environment, isn't it? You know, and it's all the teams are there and you're and you truly are representing your country across all disciplines. Is that is that is that, is that what you, you feel? Yeah, I would represent Commonwealth Games to almost very, very close to Olympics. Mm -hmm. They have the they have this massive village. They have got the the dining hall. They got like a games room. They got all all of the stuff that Olympics had. Even I think our rooms are actually better in <laughs> the Com. We got we got like bigger rooms, and you know it's especially back home. Like if I was playing worlds and I got a bronze medal, that that would be massive. That that would be better than getting a a gold medal commonwealth yeah because it's more competitive and all of that but for the country and to get a gold at commonwealth is way better than getting a a bronze at at worlds like i'll be on the yeah. on the news if i get a gold you know wow yeah do you think <clears throat> i guess it is fair that you know americans don't have the same appreciation for it although i'm definitely aware of commonwealth games um, but I think, yeah, the, the team environment, uh, obviously makes it more of a media, uh, appeal is, has, has there been any ruling, uh, on the South African coalition? Are you able to go to visit, uh, like watch other events while you're there? Or, you know, there's news of the Aussies unable to go and watch any of their compatriots compete in, in other events. So is there a plan for South Africa? And if so, like, are you going to go watch some other sports? Uh, I think the swimming is over the whole amount of days. So if we were allowed to, I'm not really sure. They haven't really spoken about that. Yeah. But I know the swimming is, it's all compact to the amount of days that we have. So I don't think I, I could get a chance to go anyway. Mm. Well, 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 let's talk yeah. about the events. What, what are you swimming? You swim everything from 100 free to a, a 400 free to I am flying stuff. What, what's your plan? And who are you working with to figure out your plan? What's your plan? What's your lineup? Uh, yeah, so I got the 200 free, 400 free, and then the 100 free. But uh -huh. the 100 free is going to be too much of a focus. It's more the 2 free, 4 free, 2 am, 4 am. I'm a big focus ones, and then I got the 100 flower, 100 free. You're entered in all of those? <laughs> but the, the 100 free and the 100 flower are more going to be uh, for the relay. Right, because like for the make the mixed relay, it will either be Chad and Chad and So whoever wins the hundred flower will swim the mixed relay, and whoever wins the hundred free will do the relay. So that's more relay based. So how many total swims do you expect to have throughout the week? Do you know? Sure, I think it's over six days, and I'm swimming one race each session, and then one race one day there's doubles. So it would be six okay. times two, 12, 14. Okay. Six uh, do you feel like, I'm curious about the event order for, for Commonwealths. Cause I mean, there's, and now you got like a few different event orders. Like you got eight days, you got six day formats, you have NCAAs is five days. You got a conference meet the four days, kind of four and a half. So do you, is there a particular order that you prefer? Uh, is the, 
like the 400 free or 200 free kind of your baby and the long course pool? Is there something that you'd like to get out of the way first? Um, how do you feel about the order at Commonwealth? Yeah, I would say our main races for this competition, long course, would be the 200 free and the 400 IM. Uh -huh. And they're actually together. They're on the same day. So I got the 200 free at the beginning of the heats, and at the end of the heats, I got the 4 IM on the second day. All right, so, well, yeah. that's very good. Lovely schedule, actually. That was a, I like that schedule. Yeah. You're, and you've, you guys, you guys have a pretty big team. Now I'm now looking at South African roster. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's tight. I mean, your mix really is going to be solid. Uh, and, and, and if your four by one is going to be solid, you probably have four guys who can do 48s and stuff. No problem. And if not faster, what are you excited for the relays? Which, which, I mean, we don't know the combination yet until you turn it off. Right. But what, what relays are you excited to be part of thinking that you guys have a chance to, to do some damage? Uh, definitely our, our men's medley relay. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be one of the good ones because we got a we got a good backstroke, uh, good okay. breaststroke, and good and good freestyle. So it's gonna be it's all gonna depend how well Adam Peaty's swimming um, with his injury and stuff. So that's gonna be a factor, and so it's gonna be between England, Australia, and us, I would say. But then there's also Scotland, Canada. But yeah, it, it's, it's looking pretty. No, no Trinidad in this? No, we don't have a relay. Don't worry. <laughs> so, but yes. Oh, I didn't know this about Commonwealth Games, that England and Scotland compete individually yeah. at Commonwealth? Yeah, yeah it is weird. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So much uh, for, for the Team GB garb. Broke it up. It got split up. Yeah. Well, well man, I, I feel like we got to backtrack with you because, like, a said it at the beginning um you know i feel like at least from the outside looking in uh you know we got a chance to see you swim live at ncaa's but uh and since you've you've gone on from there you had tokyo um obviously like the lead up to tokyo and then you know you, you kind of went on a tear with the world cup series in the fall and uh i think really uh made the world aware of yourself at that point in time and then you know entered the ncaa with about as much expectation and anticipation as as any sort of mid-year addition uh that i can think of um and and then you know only swim a couple 500 freeze you even yeah. talked about having miscounted <laughs> like and um and then come in you know and and win at ncaa's which is totally unheard of and then, you know, and then uh, since uh, take off from, you know, your time in Athens and and are, and are off to, you know, training uh, as a professional and, you know, pursuing uh, success at the international level as, as you already would have, but putting that at the forefront. So, man, what <laughs> has it felt like a whirlwind to you? Yeah. The, the, yeah. These last couple, couple months have been, yeah, they've been, they almost seemed a bit, a bit rushed. That I was going through them, but yeah, it has it has felt like that, especially. Um, yeah, I've been traveling for like the last two months now, overseas. So yeah, it's been a long way from home. I mean, even back to that, I think like just to the to the last year of the games and the 
the traveling for meets in the fall, knowing at the time that you were planning to go into the NCAA system and then, and then making the decision to, to leave, um, you know, was, was all of that planned out? <laughs> like, uh, I expect that the decision to leave Athens wasn't planned necessarily, but, um, you know, but like you obviously had some big changes happening in your life at a very influential time in your life when you are of age to kind of, you know, make the decision to either become a professional or to go, uh, you know, into, into a college and then, you know, ultimately decide to go pro. So like, was there, besides just the last like couple months was, did you feel like you had a clear plan or, cause it seems to me like, there were, you have been faced with several situations that have led you to a, a decision-making point and you've had to make some pretty big calls about your life and where you go. So, you know, like that you're a young person and that's, it's hard to make those decisions and hard enough to make them like really in sequential order. Like it's just been a busy time. Like, so I don't know, I guess like to the, to the major life decisions, do you feel like has that been difficult? Has it weighed on you? Or do you feel like you've kind of just been able to take it as it comes and find yourself in a good place? Um, sometimes sometimes I can take it as it comes. And yeah, whatever comes, I'll, I'll just go with the flow. But yeah, the, most of the time it has been overwhelming almost. So you know that I have to kind of make the decisions now and what decision, like I can't go, I can't go back to, to NCAAs now. Right. I can't go back to college. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a tough a tough time. And but for the terms of planning, I haven't. There's no been no planning kind of. There's been like a base round of what colors I'm going to swim. Yeah. And yeah. but the planning of where I'm going to be or what I'm going to do, it's kind of been by by like the what? last what we're going to do next week. So like, Let's focus on the present then. What are you doing now? Like, who are you working with now? Who's 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 in your team around you? You mentioned Sunny Trigg. Were you at Gloria working with James? Like, who are you working with now? Who's your support base around you? You got an agency. Who's your team? Who's in Matt Sates' circle? Yeah, so right now, well, in Budapest, I stayed in Budapest for a couple of days, like two weeks longer, and I trained with Herbert Cox and Milak for for two weeks. Um, I came to England and I went to Lakra. And I was in, and I fitted in the Lapra team for a little bit. Nice. And so I'm kind of just popping around different teams. Yeah. Right now. But yeah, so I'm just going into everyone else's different teams, kind of. Like, a, I, don't, I don't really have a, a home base, I would say. But so I'm going to keep hopping, I would say, to yeah. different teams here and there. And then choose one to pick for the build up to 2024 Olympics. Okay. So I'm gonna plan us to get a broad a broad perspective on what everybody is, what's happening, and because we'll my coach, um, he'll be involved wherever I am if I'm with him or if I'm with someone else. He'll still be a very big part of it. Yeah. So to because he's also coming with me around, so to see which places closest to the program I'm doing now, to see which places is most fitable. Hmm. So I think it takes quite a level of professionalism for an athlete to be able to enter and train with different programs. Mm -hmm. And 
have confidence going into big competitions because I mean, I, I assume you could look at it like it's an investment in your future year and yeah. your results will kind of just be what they are. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're also starting life as a professional. So, you know, there's uh, some professional side of that, the compensation and the, you know, the earnings that come from, you know, the, you know, you doing well and performing well. So um, what I, what I wonder is most, I, I think that it takes a quite a mature athlete to be able to enter programs and know what you need to do for you to then still put yourself in a good position to succeed, even though you're trying to get a feel for the program. So like, are you that athlete? Do you, do you pretty well know like kind of what you need uh, and, and have a handle on that? Or are, are you the kind of person that really does kind of lean on the coach for, for guidance? Um, no, I lean on the coach. Mm. For long. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't know what I'm doing. I'll just, I'll know what he says. When he says you have to go hard in this one, then I'll, I'll go hard on that one, you know? <laughs> so, this is my first time doing it. So after there's only one way to find out and <laughs> we'll be in a week. So I'll come back to you and I'll, or you'll see how I do. And, but I, yeah, I've been, I think this year I've swum, I've been in five different programs. Mm. That's a so, lot. Yeah. I think I, I've done, I've done my program. Um, I went up to Pretoria and did another South Africans program for a little bit to get some long course training. Um, I've done the Luxembourg, I've done Georgia, and I've done the Hungary with Milak and cost. Do you think that's helped with how versatile you are with all the different distances and strokes at Israel? Do you think that's helped you just broad and maybe injury free? Are you less injured now too, perhaps? I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not injured. But uh, I do my shoulder exercises and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. but to be more versatile, mm, that will be because yeah, especially when I was in Hungary, I did a lot of fly. Yeah. Um, I did I did more iron base in Lakra. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, maybe more free in Pretoria. But yeah, it would all. But my coach that is with me makes sure that I get everything that I need to done. And I and I bet you're picking up little things from all these people, you know, something from Chad, yeah. from Christoph, something from something, all these little things. And at the same time, you want to whoop them in the pool. Like, I'm sure you just want to, like, they're not going to beat you, you know? Who's this old guy? I mean, what, what's your attitude like? Do you like, I want to learn from you, but I also want to destroy you. <laughs> exactly what it's like. Yeah, no, but that's actually been um, one of the funnest parts because yeah. I guess you I, I got to train with Felix in Lacra. And so I'm training wow. with him. We did lots of sets. We did a set, so it was, it was three ones and then uh, 400 pace. Yeah. And then in the 50s, 200 pace. And we did that three times, but with the suits and everything. So, yeah, knowing that he's the guy that, that yeah. I am going to against, and it's just a good time. You know, you're not stressing about how much you hurt, and you're just seeing how hard you can kind of push it. So, it, it goes about really quick, I would say. What did you learn from Felix? Because we had him on the show, and my takeaway was he was so precise. He was so well thought. He thought about everything with his training and his racing, and he was very, you know, he's Austrian, right? So he's very much precise what it was about and very considered. 
and what he did. What did he learn from somebody like Felix Obach, who is a, a, such a great from the four to the 800 in the mile? Uh, yeah, so when we got there, we saw that he was using um, like a heart rate monitor that he put under his cap. And oh. then it actually it showed you like the colors, like you're going, I think it's like gray, white, blue, green, red. And you can kind of monitor it like that. So now I've got the heart rate monitor Good. and see what I'm going and what's, what I'm doing during the set. So it's, uh, on the technical side, I picked up that. I remember coaching an athlete once and um, he was a 200 flyer. And I can say, no, his, his skin is not purple yet. He can keep going. Like you used to see like his skin get like purple. He works so hard sometimes. Or often yeah. Well, that's how the that's how the Urbanchek, uh you know coaching system works, right? It's based yeah. on what color your skin turns. Yeah. Where do oh. you see? I'm not, I'm not familiar with this, Matthew. Where do you? How do you see the results of the device that's in your cap? So it's really cool. So you, it actually so I put it in, and over my cap, and we've got a, a iPad that will sit on my lane. Okay. And link straight to the iPad. And the iPad will change change colors and change percentages on how hot I'm swimming. Have you ever thought about taking that iPad and putting it in a waterproof case so it's in the water? Because I mean, since you have a history of not being able to see the counter and counting <laughs> appropriately, yeah. I think for, for the 500 free, it happened to me. My first hundred, my first 500 free, I did. I stopped at 50 early, <laughs> and I think I got it right at SECs and then NCAA's. Uh, that didn't fire up at 50 early but yeah maybe they worked in my favor though what's with the international meets where they put the counter outside of the pool by the way like, yeah you can't even see it yeah lucky i don't i don't do any counting counting yeah. right so. yeah but what? still short course who was it recently that uh short course miscounted rapsis yeah rapsis. again yeah. <laughs> what's the event that next this well from on friday so you, you get your birthday is on thursday correct yeah right so then the next day as a ripe old 19 year old you start yes, swimming yeah. what's the what's the event that you're looking forward to swimming because you just enjoy swimming it and what's and if it's different to the event that you are um you think you might have the most fun swimming because you know what I mean? Like, like maybe 203, you're excited to see where you can go. Because last time you were healthy, you went 145 untapered. So you're excited yeah. to see that. But you really enjoy something 100 fly because it's fun and you've had fun with it. It feels good. Like, is there a difference? Or what is it? What's the events you're excited for? Uh, the race that I'll probably improve most, I would say, um, would be the 403. Yeah. And that's, mm -hmm. that's first day. So... I think my, my PB for 403 long course is a uh, 349. Yeah. So it, it's it's yeah it's no nowhere near nowhere near that. That's not a 406 500 yards by the way. Uh, that's not that, close of course. Yeah, three 337 short course or the 406. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think that race would be the most improvements, most improved. So I'm looking forward to to seeing what I can what I can finally do in long course 400. Have you had much experience in that? I, I remember seeing you swim at the 500 and you just hung back and you hung back and you made your move and you stormed down. I remember you told us you made your move a 50 too soon or too late or something. Yeah, you know? So, and you wish and you're like, shit, really? You went four or six? What, what, what do you hope to do in the 400? And how do we know that you're swimming a good race? Like, what's your plan 
with your legs, with your temple, with your turns, your breathing, your pacing. What's your plan? I have to say that it's classified for now. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> no secrets to the rivals. Okay. Yeah. I have to say that information will be classified. That is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> you will know when I touch the wall, Luke. Okay, good. Oh, touche. <laughs> Are you a, Matthew, are you a person who sets goal times? I mean, to the points about the 337 and the 406, like we're looking at that going, I don't know. What do you think that is long course? Like I was, I, I thought it was maybe like 341 or three. Yeah. Kind of in that range, but uh, do you set goal times and do you think about like what you can do in the long course pool or do you just enter uh, long course competitions or any competition kind of unconstrained? Um, a little bit of both, I would say. Uh, sometimes I set goal time, sometimes I don't. Like for Olympics or the qualifying times, that was like a goal time. But yeah, like leading into the to the World Cups, uh, my, my turn at iron time was like a 155. And my turn at free time was a 142.9. So if I was realistically looking at goal times, I'm going to put like a 153, 152. Like I don't, I don't want to to short myself almost or to limit myself on putting the time down that maybe I could go faster, but, yeah. um, for, but for the Commonwealth Games, I actually put a, a, a time down for the long course turn of free. So, but, but that's the only race that I've got a time down for. Hmm. How, did, how did you end up settling on, I mean, I think just watching some of your races, you're, you're kind of notorious for this, I'd call it back halving. Um, I mean, you kind of, I think you even even split or maybe even negative split at 500 at, at NCAAs. Well, negative. Yeah. How did, how did you settle on that being the most effective race strategy for you? Uh, it's because I'm trying to win the race. I'd say. Fair. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what do, what do you mean by that? Like, um, cause I don't know. I like conventional wisdom is that even for somebody who back halves that you've got to take it out a, a, a little bit harder. Um, even if you have a really tight, uh, uh, you know, difference between front half and back half. And, and I can see how that's different from somebody like, I don't know, Kieran or, um, you know, in the 200 free long course, you've got uh, the, the Korean kid who goes out fast. Um, so, but like you, you seem to be kind of on the extreme end of confidence yeah. in the back half. So like, I guess that seems to me like it happens intentionally. And also it, it must take a lot of confidence too, because you're holding back watching the rest of the field or a lot of the field creep away. And you have to, you have to know if I'm going to win this race, I like I can catch them. So like, has, has that been something that you've developed over time? Was there a moment in time where you tried it once and went, oh yeah, like this works really well for me and the way my body have, you know, works in a race. And this is something that I need to stick to. Um, yeah, well, my coach, my coach is Wayne Redding, man. Mm -hmm. He's always told me to, like, I've got a faster, I've got a faster back end than anybody there. So mm -hmm. I guess that's kind of being play, played into my swimming. But yeah, for the 503 in Blaze, it was more, it was more, I just wanted to win it bad. And I knew, I knew my, my back half was way faster than, like I can gain, gain quick. And I knew I knew gain quick. So 
seen, I think Karen went out really hard. He went out really hard. And he mm-hmm. was like a body length ahead at 100 meters or 100 yards. But as soon as he was a body length at 100 yards, I knew I didn't have to worry about him anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I knew I knew I was going to pass him, pass him anyway. The, pe- the people that I was worried about were the people that was with me, I would say. Because I knew that they saved enough energy to, like, like Jake, Jake was next to me also. And he, right. he also did a really good race. He, he, he did a really good day on that one. But yeah, I, I just know, I know how hard I can finish and uh, especially compared to the other guys. And short, short course yards, it's just so much quicker with the turns. Yeah. So I, know, I know I can generate really quick speed. So yeah, I, I, I just knew that if I, if I max the last 150, 200, that I would pass anybody that's three. It doesn't matter how many, how many body lengths are ahead of me because the more body lengths that are ahead of me, the quicker I'm going to catch it because the harder they're going to die, you know? Right. Does that, does that change based on the event, based on the course, like long course events or, um, you know, uh, distance, uh, the way that you'll approach it? Uh, yeah, very much so. Especially, especially in Turbulence, I just wanted to win. So I didn't really worry about what time I was going. So I didn't have to go out hard. I just had to wait for the last... 150 to overtake and get a lead. So it wasn't really, let's see, my mind wasn't saying, what's the fastest time you think I can go? My mind was saying, let's, let's win the race. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, knowing, knowing what you went. Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. I, I said, I, I was swimming to win the race. I, I wanted to be 100% sure I was going to win instead of swimming for, to see how fast I can go. Well, Knowing that you did go 406, what do you think that you could have gone had you been swimming it to go the best time you could go? I, I think if I stayed, yeah, obviously there's no, no point telling bets. I think if I, if I did like a, maybe another year or another two, I, I, I definitely, I definitely would have broken the, well, I can't say, but I think I could have gone, I think I could have dropped a couple, maybe one or two seconds. You can say it. We won't tell anybody. It's, <laughs> The um, I'd say maybe four four I could have done. I, I believe it. Yeah. So <clears throat> do you do you try to enter a lot of races thinking about getting your hand on the wall? Or what's a scenario where you do actually like approach the race with the race strategy um, to go as fast as you can focused on time and not placement? And how does that change the way that uh, you approach the pacing of the race? Yeah, well, it depends what race it is, kind of, uh, what events it is. Mm. But like the, I'd say like the FINA World Cup series was kind of to see how fast I can go because there were FINA points on the line. Mm-hmm. And then if it's placing or time, I'd say, but... Yeah, I think when you're going for up against what field, I'm also going up against, I'd say. Like, if they're going to, especially, but long course is very different. I don't think I can have that back in speed long course. Hmm. I, I don't think I can catch that fast long course because of the turns. There's not much turns. I was going to, um, they call me the historian because I'm this old man, apparently. This was a race <laughs> that I saw live. So, and I bought the poster of it. So this is a Sydney 2000 games at 
400 freestyle last lap. And that Thorpe, three seconds head of the field, setting the world record, he went 350. So, so, so he, went, he went 340, right? He won the race by three seconds. He led start to finish. He was 18 years old. Yeah. Okay? Start yeah. to finish. Right. And I, I, I bought the, I bought the poster. It's, this is the original poster from, from, from Sydney, which I haven't opened yet, but I have bought the poster. I thought it was amazing. Now we know he got broken nine years later with the suit. Okay. And Beadman came back. He charged on the last 50 and that was like, okay, it's a suit. We get it. Why we charge back. But now more people are charging back in the last couple of years in America, they call it a fate, you know, like Bobby Fink is, is charging back. Hmm. Uh, and you know, and, but that's ridiculous. I, that's different to what you do. You back off it. He's charging back. But I just thought it was interesting how the 400 free is. You know, it used to be the Kieran Perkins and Ian Thorpe's going out and holding on and charging, whereas others are being more deliberate about the 400 free and changing the way the 400 free is being swum. Who is guiding you in this strategy? Your coach, and if so, what did he get? This not, you know, where did he get this confidence? Is it good for you, or is it good for the sport and you adapt to it? Like, is it good for Matt Sates to swim this way? Or is it good for the 400 free and let's learn to swim it so we can conquer and go 339 one day? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. I, I would say you didn't have to play through the strings, improve the strings, or yeah. stick to maybe improve your weaknesses. Um, I definitely need to do a guard harder. That's the thing. Like in the in the 500 free, I should I should have gone up harder, at least two seconds or or something. But yeah, I don't actually know. Yeah, I guess I'm still I'm still doing trial and error. Yeah, yeah. I'm still seeing seeing what works for me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try some different things, or over the next couple, over the next year I'd say, to see what really works for me, to see what's there. So yeah, I guess I'm on the trial and error phase. What about Chad's 200 free from? I think it was the Olympics <laughs> last year, or I don't know. I'm just remembering a race where Chad went out like crazy fast in a 200 free um and he's he's done for going out fast and hard uh have you had any conversations with him about him trying to get you to go out fast or having some of that like secret sauce to the takeout speed yeah no definitely uh oh, we got it especially in the 200 free the 200 free is getting raced like really differently now yeah uh, it's all it's all about you have to be turning under 50 now 50 low that's so that's, crazy that's crazy so uh yeah but Ch Chad did that and he won and he won the olympics yeah, yeah. so yeah it, it definitely it, it, that's definitely the way to race the 203 now and say you have uh you have that ability to go i mean you're a you're a 48 freestyler right and um you know mm -hmm. and, and that's not even the focus event for you um so that's got to give you confidence to say like, okay, I have the speed to go. That's not the race that I focus on. But like, like you said, I know I have, I know I have the backhand. So I don't know. I know you're playing at Koi, but now I'm really excited to see what your race strategy is come Commonwealth because you're healthy. And I feel like maybe you're just going to throw one out there. Yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> Do you need a field to, to swim fast or you don't need a field? You can do it in an empty pool. Like, like, do you like this? Like, hammer it down. Do you need a field to take you and, and go after it? Uh, no, no. I'll, I'll say, yeah, I can, I can do it by myself. Could you race me and still set like your best time? <laughs> I, I, I don't think so. Okay, good. 
yeah, yeah, you know so for sure. <laughs> no, I'm yeah. saying that some some people need this the feel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think um, I'm actually work better with no feel. Oh yeah, okay. So to do a best sound. Hmm. It doesn't matter what side you breathe, you breathe on and where where anybody is. Like, do you like outside lanes? It doesn't matter. You don't care. No, I, yeah. yeah, a lane's a lane. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, so, I want to. Well, no, I was just going to ask you about like professional life, right? So you know, here you are working on what what program is is going to fit for you. Uh, but like, we've also had. Uh, ISL make a big impact in the sport in uh, in the last few years. Obviously, kind of in a weird spot right now. I don't know if it'll come back. Um, is are, are you thinking about anything in terms of kind of what sort of meets you'd want to get involved in? If ISL does come back, is that something that you would do? Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I actually I don't know. Um, it, it I guess it depends. I'm on I'm on the FINA board now also. So yeah. I'm going to try or put, put in my, my efforts to make FINA the best as possible. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe FINA gets so so big that I saw this gets taken away completely or... Yeah. But yeah, but my goal is to do as much as possible. I'm on a professional schedule now, so any, any event that does for professional athletes, I, I will join. Uh, yeah, I'll just try and do... I, I like the fact that you're on the FINA board. It reminds me. So, because a new committee just got voted, and Aaliyah is one of the co chairs, uh, which is great. Um, uh, you know, you're on it, Dylan's on it, the number of athletes. What's the importance of having of, of having that representation? Um, you know, you're an African swimmer, having that representation on for FINA. What's, what's your passion? Why do you care? It, it's, it's commendable at, at your age. Why do you care to be on and make a difference in our sport at the where you can make a difference at that level? Uh, I, I think it's, it's really good that I'm. I'm starting my professional career and I'm also on the board of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I'm growing in my career, I can also try and grow, mm. grow the board, I would say. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess it could kind, kind of benefit, benefit me um, the most, I would say. What do you think then are some of the biggest opportunities for betterment, improvement, um, creation of you know commercial opportunities professionalism what's what's kind of what's what's on your mind for uh how to improve the sport in those ways mm, I, I, I guess i guess they have more more meets i'd say because there's only like worlds and, and olympics really that are the kind of the big meets to so have like one a year so It'll be nice to have more, but obviously, if you have more, it brings the it dilutes it. So you just have to find that sweet spot, I guess. But yeah, the FINA World Cup series is really cool. It'd be nice to have like maybe two a year or something. That would be cool to have like one, one in Asia and then one in America or, or kind of like that. Being an athlete representative, FINA doesn't have a great history of. Uh, athlete partnership and or profit sharing um and so i'm curious how how it works now because i don't i don't know what it's like to be on on the on the board um and so i'm curious kind of like what's your experience been like thus far and also 
do you feel like uh, you've got visibility of the business aspect of FINA? Because like you can bring up, okay, we should have more meets. Um, but if you're on FINA side, you know, they're looking at the ISL and the coverage being dropped or like, you know, the, the ratings for worlds in the U S I think NBC was carrying the coverage and only got a pretty small amount of eyeballs watching the swimming. It's like, you know, yeah. So it's like, this, this is the challenge, right? It's like, we want to create opportunities, but there's also a financial component to it that we haven't exactly got figured out. Do you, is there that kind of transparency with FINA and your, and your position on the board or is it, you know, kind of what's, what's been your experience thus far and how, how, what is your involvement really like? Uh, yeah, we only really had one meeting, so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't know much about it, but I think it's more, more everybody must try and like work out a, a solution to a problem or like I can like maybe do a little bit of a, of a project and they will help the project happen. So I think it's more on those lines and I don't, I wouldn't think I look at the financial side now. Yeah. I just wonder, I, I wouldn't expect them to be fully transparent, but in a way I would think that, you know, if we, if we really want to grow the sport together and it does seem like there's been some, some great moves with, you know, prominent, uh, successful athletes who are in leadership positions, uh, you know, bringing their experience and, and also, uh, having an equal voice to be able to raise, topics that are of relevant concern uh, to the athlete, you know, uh, group and bring those to FINA. So I think, I guess I was just wondering if you got a lens of that, maybe it's too soon, but I'd be curious in the future to know, you know, if if that's how the dynamic happens so that it's not just FINA coming to the athletes and asking, you know, can you help us? What is your perspective? Help us solve this issue. But it's both ways and that the athletes together can say, Hey, this is a problem in our sport, or this is something that we want to solve. And how can we come together to, to help solve it? Yeah, yeah, it's more the athletes saying, yeah, these are the problems, how can we do it? Amazing. I have a, I have a, a good topic and I don't have an, I have an opinion of it, I guess. I'd like to know your opinions on the recently announced FINA B cuts for Paris. Um, you know, I, I come from a nation where we had to rely on, you know, become an Olympian, you mainly got the B cuts. And the B cuts were tough, but they were not near the A cuts. Now the B cuts are, very much on par with the air cuts. And, yeah, but and I, I understand that. Crazy. Go ahead. I think the the air cuts for the turn of time for twenty twenty was a one fifty nine seven. Now it's a one fifty seven seven. Like you, the two seconds is a big time for for a qualifying time. It, it's so, it's, a, it's a big time. I think it's a one fifty one forty six for the two hundred freestyle. Yeah, for the cut. Now, so what that does is that that really shows how you much have you have much less nations that will be able to compete. Mm. Uh, really, how many nations has a one have a one forty six two hundred freestyler, for instance? Whereas they probably had decent swimmers who go one fifty, or how many athletes like my buddy George Bobel who went to Sydney in two thousand, came twenty fourth and sixteenth, and in the next games with the experience he had built, got a bronze medal. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it, 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 you, you, it gives you that opportunity to get that experience under your belt um, from the nations that don't have the facilities and the coaching and stuff and need that exposure. Go to the games. You go to Tokyo. You have the experience of the games underneath you. Would you have gone to Tokyo with these B-cuts? Would you have qualified? 
Uh, yeah. You would have, right? Okay. Yeah. But, but especially for, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know about you, but for South Africa, also not, not lots of people are getting the, getting the A cuts. Right. So, yeah. So they, they took, a they took the team that did the A cuts, but the people, there was quite a few people that went based on not the A or B cuts, but just like they came first at nationals or they came right. first. Events. So there was quite a few people that went because of that. And I would think they'll work with you also, your country also. Kind of like it doesn't it doesn't really matter what the times are, they'll take the the best athlete for the for the race. Is, is that a thing with you? It it is no no. If oh yeah. So if they don't have anybody making the A or the B cuts, they will you are allowed to send one athlete to go. Hence Eric Beal Barney's but but it's not like that with us. You, you, it's, it's, it's different. And I know South Africa had a different way of qualifying. I remember hearing that history. Yeah. yeah I, I think the last to take like a team of, I want to say like somewhere around 20 or something. So if all the spots won't get filled, they're adding uh, people here, people there. Right. I'm curious, yeah. since you brought it up, Matthew, the, the Federation in South Africa uh, has, it seems like, again, from the outside looking in, that the history of partnership and total financial support of like doing the best for the swimmers to compete at your best internationally. It seems like at times there's been conflict between some of the prominent swimmers. I'm thinking back to Roland and Lyndon Ferns and, you know, some of those, like, what's, what's it like now? Do you, do you feel like the athletes and the federation are on the same page do you feel like there's still opportunity to continue to like get the best out of the rich tradition of south african swimming hmm. uh, uh no not necessarily but i think there's problems in everybody's federations i would say with with funding and all of that but like as, as i say i've been i've been traveling for for like two two and a bit months now I was on the Moran Ostrom Worlds and, and now I'm here. Uh, but I, I've been paying for, for it all, like accommodation, all of that, to, to go to Worlds or to drive to Commonwealth. I think Commonwealth, Commonwealth, we've got like kits and obviously the accommodation's free here and kind of stuff, and they'll pay for the flight back. But yeah, nothing really helping, helping the month-to-month -month kind of thing. Hmm. I, I do know... I do know um, for the things to, this is the only thing I, I think I get, was because to leading up to Paris 2024, uh, our federation gave us uh, $1,000 a month. Okay. That's something so, that's got to start somewhere. And yeah, yeah to, your, to your point, like. This is the first time it's happened also. So that is a big yeah. step in the. We, we often are rewarded when we've achieved as opposed to the opposite. So once you get that medal, then they'll give you a, a, a stipend or, or money or rewards as opposed to the opposites. And I understand funding is very different and resources are very different. I get it, but it is a lot harder too for, for getting support. And so a thousand dollars does help, but yeah, still, that isn't good. you know, like you have to have some other support, your sponsor. I understand turning pro. I understand the ability for you to be able to travel and compete at the world cup circuit. Otherwise you, you, you would afford that. So, um, there is no carding in Canada, which is a card, or in the US, making a US national team gives you some money. There is none of that in many countries. And you know, in the UK, the lottery system was in place 
and the training centers were set up at Loughborough and, and everywhere and helped these athletes train. Africa doesn't have a training center. And you think of the athletes come out of Africa right now, but I know FINA is trying, isn't it? It's, they're trying to push African swimming. Um, it, you want to talk more about that and the development of African swimming from Tunisia down to Kenya to Zimbabwe, everywhere? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, especially they also have like a, it's called Cana. Um, oh. they, they do most of like the, the galas, but yeah, they are already pushing the developments of swimming. And it's, it's very nice to see, especially like there's obviously lots of drownings and stuff. So yeah. even if we don't get Olympic swimmers out of Kenya, it doesn't really, as long as, as long as the arts are getting saved is the most important thing so that, that is a that is a big thing but also the stigma is 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 debunked completely that you know certain races certain people certain classes can't swim and so it's important for representation it's important to see somebody i mean these swimming at these levels it's, it was important that coventry was able to to do what she did or uh you know who's did or what have you so yeah that's that's massive by the way, guys, the qualifying time for the fifth day three, B, B standard, 22-0. I think 22-0 is like almost a second swim in Tokyo. It's not, I know, but it's close. It's crazy. No, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. One it's no problem, really. 22-0 is no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the times are getting faster and faster. That's the progression of sport. Yeah. 1467 for the for the 200 330 347 for the 400 for men that's that, that those are a lot of second swims almost they're not but they're close so anyway that's so crazy i guess that, that, that they take the times by the by the last person in the semi-final say yeah right yeah. right yeah yeah that's it yeah so i guess they don't have control over that though like and, whatever uh, happens that's all do they, is that a hard line though or do they kind of take some sort of average, like a weighted average of the mm. speed of the field. I mean, it, it seems kind of weird if you have one person who's like the outlier, yeah. right? And I, I thought I, I did hear the story about the, the last person's time is a new qualifying time or something like that. Yeah. It's and also because they're going to be more events. So there's, it's now a nine day schedule into in Paris. Don't forget. So it, they're adding new events. So they're changing the schedule. So I think that happened. It's not a number, it's game and speed. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew, we got a few rapid fire questions for you before we let you go. Cool. What's the hardest race in swimming? Fine. Mm. Olympic gold or world record? Olympic gold. Do you pee in the pool? Mm, classified. <laughs> so we were told there are two people people who say they pee in the pool or people who don't admit that they pee in the pool but they actually do yeah <laughs> so you're the uh, third okay. I, I might, there, there might have been some pools that i'm out of that i'm out of peed in. accidentally yeah. <laughs> no no but it is a it is a time management thing you can't be <laughs> can't be missing sets to to go to the bathroom um but it, and it's a sign of weakness to be honest, <laughs> if I'm if I'm swimming with someone and they go to the toilet to have a pee or something, I already know that I can take them in the race. So I'll, I'll say it's a sign of weakness to have that little extra rest. It's all about the mental games, and I think you have to do what you have to do. 
have you trained with, have you trained with anyone recently who showed that sign of weakness no no one in the pool should south africa have an isl team and if so what would you call it mm, chad de and the what's it called uh <laughs> i don't actually know um maybe maybe the lion kings I like that. I actually, I like the idea of uh, of like it's a band, like Chad LeClaw and the yeah, uh, 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 Lions. What name? What comes after? Comes after that? Do you know what it is? All right, talk talk to Chad and, and let us know what, what what you guys want to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Real um, makes. What's the uh? What, okay, a lot of great moments in South African swimming history. So, which among these is the greatest? Penny Haynes in '96, the four by one relay in Athens. You got Cam Vanderberg in London, Leclo beating Phelps in London, uh, or Sates in a in a TBD swim at the Commonwealth Games. Um, now I would say no because I actually watched uh, Chad race live when I was younger. I was like, I think seven years old, and no, it was a it was a huge thing in South Africa, huge thing. So yeah, I actually watched that race live with my family, and we all gathered around the TV. And and we watched it because my, my brother was in a school, so he was a Westfall old boy, the same school as him. So yeah, that, that's how we we knew. So I would say that one. I want to press pause on the rapid fire. I just want to talk about our relationship with Chad and what that did for not just me in South Africa, but you personally, because you know I've I've got a chance to meet Chad in person, and I think he's the most gracious, kind, humble person I know. Um, I, not know, but you know, I've met in a while. And he's such, but yet such a big personality and such a tough ass, you know, as a swimmer. What's that? How's that been for you? That relationship now? You looked up to him, and now you're racing him, and you're competing for a spot in the relay. He's mentoring you, yet he's your rival. Do you know what I mean? How's that been with Chad? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a rival. Hmm. Mm, I would say, yeah, we all, we all have our times. We all have our good races. We all have our bad races. But yeah, yeah so it's pretty pretty cool. Um. Especially, as I say, I watched it. I watched him when I was seven years old, and now I'm, I'm training with him, and and yeah, I'm honored to be friends with him and and all of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been really cool, and the way he approaches swimming, and especially he he's he, he's done a lot in sports, a huge amount, mm-hmm. especially for South Africa. He's he's a world record holder, all of that. So. To be able to see what he does and how he does it and what got him here, his mentality to be here, all of that. It's a good representation to have as a as an athlete to know that this is the standard almost or you know, yeah, he, he's a especially becoming a professional swimmer now, it's he's been yeah. a professional since he was seventeen or eighteen. So just to see like I'm starting, he he's still going. So to have to have that to look up to to yeah. to see what he's doing, it's a it's a really cool thing to have. I'll say instead of looking at the at the unknown. Totally. Has he convinced you to wear your goggles around your neck on the pool deck? Uh, that, that's his thing. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> yeah. He owns it. I love it. He's yeah. owned it. Yeah. The, the close signature. I love it. Uh, who's the greatest African swimmer of all time? Mm, African. Mm. Mm. Oh, be chat. Uh, no, no. 
I think there's another person that's got a more Olympic medals, though. But I don't know. There's and Coventry, Malui. Malui. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But, but Penny Haynes is really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think one period of time, Penny Haynes got like something crazy, like something like 10 world records in three weeks or something like that. I don't know. But she did something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah, with no goggles. Not even around her neck. No goggles. She said, screw it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the funny thing was, I think she signed it. She signed a partnership deal to get like a certain amount of money when she breaks the world record. And it was quite a big amount. And then she got like two, three weeks. Good so, for her. Sure. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. You should have. <laughs> I don't know who negotiated those deals, but you should hire her agent. I know. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of that, uh, you know anybody anybody who's supporting you that you want to recognize? Mm, yeah, um, right now I'm sponsored by PT Lab, and they, they did a great job. Uh, they got some amazing products. I take their shake every day, and they they support me. So that's always a shout out. Do you, do you have a suit sponsor? I mean, you're, 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 you're rocketing and there's so many suits out there um, and uh, for different reasons. Like, do you have one? What would you, what's your consideration factors for getting a suit sponsor? It's so important to how fast you swim, to what goggles you wear, to what cap you wear. What's the important right. criteria? I think I've got one right here. Uh, is, is it? Bigger heel. Yeah. Oh, I think they actually gave me the wrong suits. Damn. I just Damn. looked at it now. They gave me the they gave me the flex. Ooh. Oh, you're doing a reader. Yeah. I would read. But 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 they gave me suits now. I asked for the A2 and I just opened it and they gave me the flex. So I'm oh, gonna you need different ones. Yeah. Why um, did you go over Reno? That's not from the money side. I'm talking about the support, the suit, like mm -hmm. the relationship. Why why wouldn't you choose that over others? It's actually a good story because when I was, well, actually I wasn't young, but before, before the FINA World Cups or before, before, before I really, really came into the scene, I had like this book where I wrote down all my goals and I, and I actually put down Arena International sponsorship, oh. but I, I was in no place to get one. It was like a long-term goal. Hmm. Uh, and uh, it's pretty soon to happening. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty stoked with having with having that opportunity with him. What a massive accomplishment. They're lucky yeah. to have you. You've arrived. Yeah. <laughs> it, really, it really is a special time when you when you take that step. So uh, that's that's awesome, man. I'm sure there'll be plenty more to, to come. Uh, all right, we got to ask you, how often do you do social kick in practice? Mm, I, I haven't actually locked, but I, I do um, it with Chad and, and with Sunny. There is social kick that gets written into the set. We knew we could count on Sonny for some social yeah. kick. Yeah. He's been on the show a few times. Chad's been once or twice. So it's it's good. Yeah. Those are good social kickers, definitely. Yeah. But Sonny actually writes in the set. Social kick has to go slow, talk, like that kind of stuff. So He's such a he fan of the show. I'm teasing him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We're a fan of Sonny too. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Matthew, thanks for hanging out with us. It's fun to get to, to chat about where you are in your journey. And um, we look forward to watching you tear it up at Commonwealth Games and also where you land uh, full time in the run up to Paris. So, yeah, uh, thanks a lot. Thank, man. thank you. Awesome. Well, that's it for this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you next time. Okay. Goodbye, guys. Thank you. Hey, everybody. 
Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website,